When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. Hello, friend. This is your host, Nick Ganbarian, friend. How many times <laughs> does Boba Fett say friend in the holiday special, friend? Liar. <laughs> and I'm your other guest, when I need to be, Mike Forrester. Yep. Hey, guys. Hey, friend. Hey, Mike. It's Mike, our friend. <laughs> so... Another thing happened. Ryan is not here again. He's not feeling well. He got hit with the thing. Mm. Yeah. The blue shadow virus. Yeah. <laughs> He's in a hotel room. Hold up. Not stoked right now. Not at all stoked. Where is he? Denver? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was supposed to be in Florida with the family. Nope. He screwed. JK. Tis the season. To get. Yeah. That's just the world now. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. Because it's not like we're talking about anything that he likes today. <laughs> It's, this is going to be fun. Honestly, I think this is going to be amazing. We're talking about the Star Wars holiday special, the 1978 train wreck <laughs> of a television variety show <laughs> disavowed by George Lucas, loved by Star Wars fans, young and old. For different reasons. For different reasons. <laughs> We're lifting the no uh, smack talk rule for this episode, right? Yeah. That, that rule it's is suspended. All in, it's all in fun. Yeah. it's This thing is... <laughs> It's just the top of our notes say what the f- in all caps in bold with like eight question marks because that's what this is. It's a big WTF. That's that's the title of the episode, to be honest. Yeah. So last night I was watching this thing and I was like, this came out one year after A New Hope. And maybe I made up this scenario in my head that someone never saw A New Hope and was like, oh, I'll watch the Star Wars holiday special. Everyone loves Star Wars. I've never seen the original, but I'll watch the holiday special. And then this is the only Star Wars they saw and then died. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) So somewhere out there, bare minimum one person only saw the Star Wars holiday special and then died before they saw any other Star Wars. (laughs) I would be willing to bet that hundreds of people had that experience, Yeah, right? Minimum, because people, whatever was on TV back there when there were like, six channels total on earth yeah they just watch stuff Mm -hmm. this had to have happened i mean hundreds is probably an underestimate one fact i do know about this is that it only aired once and 13 million people watched it oh (laughs) i mean times are different then 13 million people in 1978 is like every tv available (laughs) probably right and the other thing is now there are however many Hundred ghosts clamoring through the halls, going, <laughs> "Why does everyone still care about Star Wars?" <laughs> oh, dude. Well, let's just cut to the chase. What the hell was that? <laughs> That's cutting the chase right there. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, until next week. And uh, it's been wonderful spending time with you guys. What have you done with those plans? The Star Wars Holiday Special aired on CBS November seventeenth, nineteen seventy eight. I mean, Star Wars, as it was known then, Star Wars was still in theaters in some places, right? Mm -hmm. Going strong. Yeah, it must have been. Had to be. This is bizarre. Directed by a dude named Stephen Binder. Binder? Yeah, I I don't know. I did also hear that there was another director that either got fired or quit. And I don't know if that's this dude or not. Hmm. There definitely was a, in classic Star Wars form, right? Nice. a director. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this dude had done a bunch of TV stuff, a bunch of variety shows and whatnot. So he was a seasoned director in that respect. Written by a bunch of seasoned variety show writers. Rod Warren, Bruce Valanche, I want to say. Ken Welch, Joe Layton, and Mitzi Welch. I don't know any of these names, but apparently like they were the dream team. A variety show writers. Well, Mike, hit him with that fact of who those Welches are. Well, if you're a fan of contemporary music artist Gillian Welch, that's her parents. Yeah, kind of crazy. So the apple fell really far from the tree because she's incredible. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Who is she? A singer. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure maybe her parents look back and think, sure, that wasn't our finest hour. Um, <laughs> we don't know. We'll never, maybe we should tweet at her. You know, it was just doomed to fail once George was like, I don't have time for this. Here's an idea. And then the powers that be at CBS turned it into a variety show. It was doomed from that point on. It was doomed when they decided, which arguably, of course, was the right choice to say, listen, our best people are working on Empire Strikes Back. We're going to go ahead and focus on this little movie uh, just to see what this turns into. And uh, we're going to go ahead and leave this hour-long television special to the confident network of CBS. And George was like, hey, how bad could it be, you know? (laughs) How how bad could it really be? Well, we'll find out, George. (laughs) This thing stars... Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, James Earl Jones, everybody. They're all there. They really signed on for this. It also stars B. Arthur of <laughs> Golden Girls fame, Art Carney, who was a TV dude, uh, Diane Carroll, who was an actor and singer, Jefferson Starship. Yes. Because they exist in the Star Wars galaxy, <laughs> in the Star Wars universe. They got star in their name. Get them. <laughs> and a dude named Harvey Corman, an actor. Now, you said that they all signed up for this. I don't know that they all signed up for this. I mean, they signed up for something. They had to do it contractually. You think? I think contractually they probably had to do it. Plus, we're only talking a year after them. Like, they're probably, the actors are probably considered overnight successes at this point, but they probably don't have power to say, no, I'm not doing this. Right. A year after Star Wars. Kind of like, if you want to do the sequel, if you want to make all this money, you got to do this shit. Mm -hmm. Patron Doug Vader adds a great quote here and says, as he describes, here's the quote of the week. I'm going to do this in my best Harrison Ford impression. It was in my contract. There was no way to get out of it. Harrison Ford said that in 2011. So <laughs> he has rewatched it. Mm. And that's the quote he left us with. So rough. Sometimes them dollar dollar bills. The music, since <laughs> turns out there's more than just the score, mm-hmm. there are actual musical performances in this songs original songs for the thing the score was done by ian fraser i don't know his work bunch of tv stuff i believe and then ken welch and mitzi welch again they wrote songs for this the original songs that are in this maybe including the jefferson starship one are written by them so Mm. family of musicians 98 minute runtime for a two-hour broadcast runtime including commercials more on that later more more to come Mm. hashtag more to come Mm. 2.2 Rating on IMDb and a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's fair. (laughs) No argument. We're going to go with the experts on that one. Um, (laughs) First impressions, talking points before we get into a synopsis, because we're actually going to run through the broad brushstrokes of of, Mm -hmm. of this thing for anyone who doesn't have the stomach to watch it. I mean, I only watched it for the first time fully last night. I've seen some clips here and there. Obviously, the animated Boba Fett thing was fairly relevant for a few reasons a while ago. But uh, yeah, I mean, I text you guys, what, 30, maybe 30 minutes into me watching it. And I, I mean, I should just pull up my my quote (laughs) and uh, let you know exactly what I said. It was proper. I said, within 30 minutes of watching, pressing play, this is actually a lot worse than I even imagined. (laughs) That's a direct quote. That I text you guys. And I said, I'm about to get into it. And you said, may the force be with you. Yeah. (laughs) I was trying to find a gif of Lando saying, good luck. You're going to need it. But (laughs) I couldn't do it quick enough. (laughs) Uh, You know, I feel like, Adam, you you pretty much already nailed it. What the f***? (laughs) I, I think what's interesting about the holiday special, in my opinion, is I've seen all of the parts I needed to see through basically memification of Star Wars at this point. Um, but I never actually watched it all the way through in its proper presentation. And yeah, I'm really, I'm really scratching my head. I mean, there's a couple of things, right? The first thing I thought of, I'm like, this is a a wonderful contemporary apartment set in a tree house <laughs> uh, that has carpeting. Yeah. Nice. Nice carpet. Almost the 80s. Everything. Uh, hardwood floor, throw linoleum or carpet on it. We can't have this hardwood floor anymore. It was ridiculous. No. They did, and they did a wonderful job. There's like a, you know, there was like nice wood paneling. I'm sure there's some wainscoting on. It's really, really just quite a nice place for them to live in. And then from a costuming perspective, you know, they had the, the Imperial Navy, the kind of big open samurai helmet 
which, you know, the dude's just walking around in that. There were just a lot of what's exactly going on here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I feel like you can tell that the story was really dragged out because there was so much back and forth between being like, we need to delay the fact <laughs> that Chewbacca and Han are running from this Imperial Brigade. And uh, yeah, it was a straight up variety show where each little segment almost seemed like it got worse and worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As it went on. You're not wrong. It, it does. It gets worse and worse. <laughs> it gets worse and worse. But then there's like fun little, there's like fun little details for super Star Wars fans, mainly once we get into B. Arthur's Cantina, um, <laughs> that you're like, oh my gosh, the Deveronian. We've got, you know, mm -hmm. she calls, it's just blatantly Greedo in his costume and she calls him a different name, but they didn't even like try to change the jacket. <laughs> it was like, that's just Greedo. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it's a real head scratcher. That's what I will say. Not to be a contrarian here and not to just be that guy, you know, pull the hipster move, but here we go. I expected worse. Somehow I expected <laughs> worse. Hmm. Maybe it was just the classic, like set the bar low, kind of under promise, over deliver kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Sure. And since I didn't have any hopes for it and it's not canon and it doesn't matter, I kind of laughed with it a lot. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I also found the acting by our three heroes to be pretty damn good, given the dialogue <laughs> and the, the two takes maybe that they had of everything, probably sure. one on most. So in some ways, it's a testament to the talent of Harrison Ford, I almost said Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill <laughs> and Carrie Fisher. And it's just so goofy that I'm almost in the mood to watch it again. Oh, man. You were I would get, uh, I'd have some, a jazz cigarette and watch it again, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would hit a little wacky tobacco before I yeah. watch that again. <laughs> I might do that before I go to bed, actually. Yeah. As I, I might go to sleep to this tonight. I'll tell you what, though, if I did anything more than a jazz cigarette, like some real hallucinogenic Ooh, something, yeah. I might have a nervous breakdown. Might actually melt my brain. <laughs> or you could have the best experience of your life. You never could know. Be. I don't know. Yeah. You know, what's funny considering you just brought up the acting. I kind of think if you did a super cut of every time Harrison Ford was on screen, it literally seems like he's like, hurry up, hurry up. We got to get the, we got to get the scene over. With. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, come on. Like he literally seems like he's running and rushing through the scene to finish it. <laughs> but there is, I mean, you take into account the terrible direction and editing and composition of the shots and everything that frantic vibe is exactly what he does through all of A New Hope. Mm -hmm. But it's appropriate to the scene and it's cut in a way yeah, where right. it, it complements the scene and mm -hmm. doesn't make it look like he's just trying to clock out. <laughs> yeah. That's the best way to put it. He looks like he's trying to clock out. <laughs> he's like, I gotta go. I've got Indiana Jones rehearsal <laughs> at this point. Well, let's do a synopsis. And by synopsis, I mean, we're going to end up talking through the whole thing because <laughs> I'm going to say things here that we can't not talk about. Oh, boy. <laughs> So let's let's just get into it. So we open with Han and Chewie in the Falcon. It's life day. Chewie's family's waiting for him at home. They've just left Tatooine. They find themselves chased by some Star Destroyers. It's a shit situation. None of this really flows. So I, I'm going to spit out a bunch of crap and it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, we, we go back to Kashyyyk, which is pronounced incorrectly over and over by what's his name. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, it sucks. <laughs> 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 so on Kashyyyk, we meet Chewie's family. Chewbacca has a family in this non-canon universe. His wife, Mala, his dad, his name is Itchy, mm. and his Chewie and Mala's son is named Lumpy. Mm. Where's mm -hmm. Chewie's mom? Dead. <laughs> she couldn't handle it. She's dead. She died from disappointment. Died of sadness. <laughs> yeah. The original sadness death. <laughs> so they're waiting for him to come back. Chewie's wife is running computer scans on like the goofiest looking computer of all time. I mean, it's straight up like 70s style. Yeah. Scanning for ships in the area, but can't find the Falcon. No contact. She's a little worried, right? So she starts hitting up everybody. She hits up Luke, who has R2 with him. And then a local trader named San Don, Mike mentioned earlier. Trader as in T-R-A-D-E-R. -E like he has a shop. He sells a bunch of stuff on Kashyyyk. Which is pronounced Kazook. It, it Kazook. is pronounced Kazook in the show. God. Local dialect. There's then a whole scene, like an extended scene, where Chewie's wife is making dinner <laughs> by watching a cooking show hosted by this bizarre 
four-armed alien cook. Which is the same actor, The same right? actor. Yeah, yeah. The, the dude Harvey Corman. He plays like three different roles in this thing, and they're, it's just so over-the-top and campy. It's unreal. So we watched this whole scene where she's just going, and her goofy, weird, half-chewy, half-who-knows-what-else kind of sounding voice. She fails miserably at cooking, and then it cuts from that right back into the action with Han and Chewie in The Falcon. It's really weird. The character also is like almost dressed in blackface. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's supposed to look like metallic. This is supposed to be like this, like almost like alien droidish kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It made me uncomfortable the whole time because it's a male actor supposed to be portraying, I believe, a female alien and mm-hmm. then also dressed in this outfit. And I'm like, oh man, this is, this is dated. Yeah. It's kind of problematic. So, son, the traitor dude shows up at their house, at their treehouse, with Life Day gifts for everybody, including this bizarre virtual reality headset kind of thing that looks mm-hmm. more like those old hair dryers that old old ladies get their hair done with at the salon. Yep. It, it's a gift for Chewie's dad, and it's like VR erotica, basically. And it goes on to this like extended, like all of a sudden you're in the, the headset, since we were watching what he's watching, and it's this strangely sexual like music video kind of thing mm-hmm. with a song that kind of slaps to be honest it, it, to me <laughs> it is bumper all i could think was like kanye would sample this this shit would be on adoids and heartbreaks for sure it's the the actor there uh her name is what is her name diane carroll diane carroll yeah say. it's good for what it is but again it's like bizarrely erotic mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's very weird yeah it's weird vibes and it keeps cutting back to the you know the outside view of him in the headset with his weird <laughs> underbite you know, because Chewie's dad has this strange, different kind of jaw that doesn't have fur on it. It's just like, he looks like a, like a male rainbow trout yes. of a Wookiee. Yes, a sockeye. Yeah. <laughs> With a, at, at prime, like, spawning season where the hooked jaw, like, just, like, <laughs> yes. comes out. Yeah. Yes. And it just goes up and down, like, and it's flappy. Just, and, he would talk yeah. like this, 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 like a weird version of Little Nicky is what you would expect his mm-hmm. speaking voice to be. Yes. Chewie's wife then FaceTimes Leia and 3PO, who are doing stuff at the Rebel base, I assume. They have a conversation. She updates like, hey, we don't know where Han and Chewie are, blah, blah, blah. They go back to the Falcon. They've just come out of hyperspace. And they're not far from Kashyyyk, but Han notices an Imperial presence. So he's like, well, we need to land somewhere else because we need, I mean, I don't know. It just, that's just the way things go. The Empire's everywhere, whatever. The holiday <laughs> special's on. We got to land somewhere else. Then the uh, stormtroopers and Imperial officers show up at Chewie's house. They're looking for Chewbacca because he's a known rebel. So as they're searching the house, again, like you guys were talking about earlier about distracting and trying to stretch out the time, they try to distract the Imperials by offering them food and sitting him down, the one dude, to show him a music video on this weird little computer. Like they have VR and they have holograms, but it's like, no, sit down in front of my Commodore 64 or whatever and watch this music video. And the dude actually sits down and is like fully just immersed in it. Like, oh, what am I watching? And it's a full performance by Jefferson Starship. Yeah, all the variety show aspects are full performances. Like the acrobat A full song, yes. Yeah, the Jefferson Starship. It's not like, oh, this is 30 seconds. It's like, no, it's closer to 30 minutes than 30 seconds. (laughs) It's minutes long. Yeah. This song is simultaneously available at your local discotheque. (laughs) Right. And then the opening scene of that too, which is really fun. He like sits down and you can clearly see where they, you know, basically glassed in the the specific little segment, right? right so it's right. like, he's like, you know, the bottom frame and, you know, they're like fitting it in. And what I would consider like CBS was probably like, well, how do they do different plates? Okay. Like we'll watch this. Right. Then it start opens with this just very like phallic silhouette mm-hmm. and the, um, his microphone is, uh, very, um, undefined. It's just mm-hmm. a long cylinder and then it glows. Yeah. It's just, it's very, uh, the song kind of bumps though. Yeah. <laughs> a song, this song also kind of bumps. It's a B side. Turns out it kind of slaps though. Mm-hmm. So then this thing ends and the head officer is like, well, well we got to keep searching. <laughs> cool video, but we got to keep searching the house. So he tells Mala, Chewie's wife to keep lumpy busy while they search his room, which is weird. So Lumpy and uh, we, the viewers, watch on a view screen a cartoon of Chewie's many adventures. This gets us into the animated sequence where Boba Fett is first shown. The thing that we kind of like 
famously know. Like I know the image of Boba Fett on the back of the dinosaur and all this crap. This is where all of this goes down. Where he refers to everyone as his friend. Hello, yeah. friend. Goodbye, friend. So I don't know when this is supposed to have taken place. It's really weird. You know, like, why do you have a cartoon of your dad? <laughs> um, who made the cartoon? How did you get it? But anyway, it's this whole, like, just like a variety show, it cuts away to, like, here's a cartoon or, like, a Saturday morning special, like, let's all go to the lobby or whatever. It's just, like, <laughs> yeah, completely sure. just, it shifts gears. You did this whole thing. Not only is Boba Fett a bad guy right off the bat, he's lying about being everyone's friend. He's working for Vader. But he's also an asshole to animals, and he talks about how stupid the dinosaur is that he's riding, and he, like, he smacks the hell out of it yeah, like on the behind. It, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really weird. But Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill voiced the cartoons. The cartoons look bizarre, too. They look like that late 70s style. Like, all the features are really extreme. It God, it's so weird. Yep. Yeah. Han looks like he's made out of silly putty, and he was left in the back seat <laughs> in, in July. It sucks. So that ends, I and mean, we could go into details on that, but it's just, it's really weird. The, the Falcon crashes into like this goo at one point. Everything about it's so weird. But we do get Boba with the jetpack. We get all the fun stuff. He's got the Ambin rifle. Anyway, going back into the real world, if we can call it that, Lumpy knows what's going on. What do you got there? Oh, you got the thing. Mike has the thing he's showing. Uh, I made I made the Vader Visa card. I know. When I saw that yesterday, I was like, oh, I forgot Mike made that. <laughs> that Boba Fett puts into the like machine and like types in his ATM number and then Vader pops up. It was like, you need some cash? Did you, who'd you find? Did you find them? Yeah. Yes, I found them. <laughs> so back in Lumpy's room, he's working on a translation device to fool the Imperials into returning to their base because he knows what's up. He knows they're looking for his dad. So he's trying to fake their commander's voice. But to do this, he has to, like, assemble his synthesizer, whatever the hell the thing is. But he has to watch <laughs> essentially like a YouTube assembly <laughs> a <how -to>. video. <laughs> yeah, a how-to th that's told by a ro what's supposed to be like a robot, like an android. But it's a, it's a human who's doing it. It's the same actor again, right? Well, what's his yeah. name? And he's doing a really bad job of acting like a robot. He's still acting very human. Like he goes to pick something up and he's like shuffling around in a very human way. It's just, it's, it's bizarre. But we watched this whole damn thing unfold. <laughs> Instead of cutting away, we watched the whole thing. <laughs> they did some little edits too though, right? They, you know, they do like the stop and the da, 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 you know, like we're like the, the guy didn't clearly like act like he got stuck, you know, as a robot. Right. You know, yeah, they, they like did it. the edits, yeah. <laughs> like the quick yeah. reverse, you know, and I'm like, oh, yep. this was, uh, you know, transformative for its time. <laughs> so while the Imperials are searching downstairs, the living room view screen activates. They have all these different kind of video formats also. Do you notice that? We talked about the hologram. There's the, the hollow chess board, which also projects a full size thing. And then there's the weird Commodore 64 thing. And then a normal like TV screen that does FaceTime. It's all these different ones. It's weird. So Lumpy makes out of nowhere, I guess, this fake transmission or he, it's, it's really ambiguous. Like it, it basically starts playing this thing that says it's a live feed from Tatooine. We're confused because it makes no sense. It's just that bad. So the transmission says it's required viewing for all Imperials, blah, blah, blah. And it shows the streets of Tatooine on screen. And then the camera kind of pushes in and then that becomes the actual image that we see, you know, and it like fades into the screen, basically. The Imperial officer, let's also say this though, the Imperial officer that's like in their living room, he's got like this big scar on his cheek. I mean, the dude actually looks like quite terrifying, like mm. actually plays the hell out of an Imperial officer. So back to Lumpy's fake or real, I don't know, feed of Mos Eisley. And we go to the Mos Eisley Cantina, which is now <laughs> run by B. Arthur. And I don't know why, he would be like, hey, check out this footage I have of this place. Like he just like <laughs> hacked into like the, you know, the traffic intersection camera or something like, hey, guys, look over here. So now we're just seeing what's going on in the cantina. And then this this video comes on screen announcing Tatooine is being put under curfew because of subversive forces, according to the Empire. So. Nice. It's required viewing for all Imperial forces. Like, what a concept. Like, <laughs> hey, everybody who's out there, you know, all, all you other people just don't pay attention. But guys, employees, look over here, you know, mm -hmm. just on TV. 
essentially, like at the bar, like we interrupt this, you know, droid football game uh, to bring you, you know, your orders or whatever. So, but then there's this full blown bar scene that is the weirdest crap I've ever seen in my life. This dude who has a crush on B. Arthur, who has a hole in the top of his head where he pours his drink. He has six fingers. But it's got hair on it. It's not just like, it's like a, you know, it's like, oh, I have an apparatus on top of my yeah. head. No, it has hair. I mean, it's literally like a hairy volcano at the top of his head. That's yep. exactly what I was going to say. Right around the rim, all hair into the thing. It's just so funny, the idea of, it's like somebody in wherever this was made, let's just say Hollywood, whatever, being like having a very, very basic idea that Star Wars was a massive hit but not necessarily in tune with what people liked about it. Right. And then just went back to this idea of like, I don't know, we'll make an alien. Yeah. It's got a hole in its head. That's what he drinks out of. I'm like, that's so far off the track of what aliens are in Star Wars. But it's more of a like a Flash Gordon alien than a Star yes, Wars alien. <laughs> for sure. But almost all of the original costumes from the Moss Eisley Cantina are back here. I mean, she, mm -hmm. as your, your, your volcano head walks up and is sitting at the bar. Now, the other thing, of course, it's my duty on this podcast to be the prop guy, right? Uh, they're just straight up drinking out of like your basic glass steins. So <laughs> we are no longer drinking out of the sweet saver cups from a new hope. We have now actually transition from glass uh from sorry from plastic to glass which actually is you know the responsible thing to do but still the pitcher looks like it's whatever newest line of tupperware pitcher came out that year yep for sure <laughs> and then also the other part about it is that there's like if you look in the background it looks like you've got um you know uh barbasol or some kind of like you know hair disinfectant in <laughs> pink yeah. uh but they don't drink that they actually drink this like almost look like uh like watered down red bull that would be probably the most modern day equivalent to what they're drinking because uh, it's not overly it's not overly yellow. It's not blue. It just kind of looks like pee, to be honest. <laughs> you know, it was super noticeable, too. So instead of. OK, so this is supposed to be most likely the same most likely cantina, right? Sure. That's uh, okay. Okay. supposedly. So behind <laughs> yeah. B. Arthur. Yeah. Who, who knows? Who cares? They don't care. So I don't care. But behind her, like behind the bar, instead of there being those like IG heads. Right. The Rolls Royce engine. There's literally just upside down buckets with like a metal rim around them or something. I'm like, come on. Guys. It's like a duct. Yeah. It's like yeah. a, like a, like a 12 inch duct. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they've got some nice, they've got some nice uh, PVC on there with a couple of L joints. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, the production value might've dropped off a little bit. He, he does bring in a, a flower for her as a, a form of, you know, let's see what happens. Kind of a, mm -hmm. kind of a G move, to be honest. Yeah, this whole thing is a mess. Yeah. Yeah, there's really, there's really no way around it. And then they cut back, actually, like, before the announcement happens for the lockdown or whatever, they cut back to Lumpy's room, and they're, they're watching all of this. This whole scene that we're watching, they're watching it on the monitor. Like, he doesn't just have, like, the camera from the stoplight. He's, he's... Got a, I don't, does he have a drone that's following, like getting every bit of this and, and showing it back? Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, but then there's this whole musical number. B. Arthur sings. She's got a decent voice. Mm -hmm. She kind of slaps too. <laughs> then Lumpy uses the opportunity, I guess, of them watching the whole thing, whatever, to put the plan in motion. And he actually does put like a, uh, a fake call for the Imperials to return to base. So the Imperials leave Chewie's house, but one stormtrooper stays behind and realizes that they were tricked, realizes it was a ploy, right? Oh. He finds Lumpy in his room, takes the machine, smashes it on the ground, and then Lumpy runs away, he chases him, blah, blah, blah. Han and Chewie then show up, just in time. Chewie kind of grabs Lumpy and protects him in the most awkward standoff ever. And then Han kills the stormtrooper. An Imperial officer then shows up on the view screen and I'm like, hey, where's uh, trooper so-and-so? That's not a TK number, it's just like C9... Pi symbol 11 or whatever. And they just killed the dude. But then... Well, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Come at it from an attorney's perspective. That guy tripped. 
Yep. <laughs> Can't kill someone he tripped, on TV in right? 1978. Right? <laughs> yeah. The stormtroopers the stormtroopers have no obstructions on the Death Star. There's no handrails on the Death Star. They know that the floors will always be clear because you can't see <laughs> anything below your neck in a stormtrooper yep. helmet. He was not expecting those like six logs of hardwood maple to be there. He fell. <laughs> he fell. Nothing we could do about that. It's almost weirder, actually, when you think about the fact that he fell off the railing to his death at the bottom of the tree, and they just like went on with their life day. So this this uh, imperial officer calls, you know, FaceTimes in and looking for this dude. So Son gets up and was like, "Oh, hey, uh, yeah, it's me, the traitor, the the guy from before. Um, yeah, that that stormtrooper uh, came at me, stole my supplies, and then just took off. And the dude." <laughs> fully buys it and he's like well we'll have to investigate this all right have a nice day <laughs> crisis totally averted oh boy so that happened and that's basically the end of all the conflict and it's now time for the festival at the great tree of life for life day the gathering of the orbs yeah they start to like the family starts getting ready they have these glowing orbs they're all of a sudden just walking through space kind of mm-hmm. and they walk into this mm glowing ball like a star they walk into it and that teleports them maybe that's my interpretation into the tree of life yeah they gather around to ponder their orbs yeah did did anyone else interpret this differently was i on drugs like they just walk into it and then they're at the place right certainly makes you feel like it adam it was too distracting. Like the effect there was too distracting that I couldn't bring no worky when I was watching that for sure. Uh, okay. So they get there. A bunch of people are already gathered, including C-3PO, R2, Luke, Leia, Han show up. It's a big party. Wookiees in the red robes to begin with makes me a little uncomfortable. It's kind of bizarre. Mm. But Leia gives a speech and then sings a song. Mm-hmm. Wonderful piece. Leia Organa sings a song. Chewie has like a a little like, you know, they do like a little trip down memory lane in his head, which is a montage of footage from A New Hope. And then it cuts back and the Wookiee family sits around a table. They bow their heads and that's the end. <laughs> now, mind you too, though, when, they, when they're in the kind of great hall of what I'm assuming is the great tree, there's like tons of Wookiees, right? And yeah. it's also fun because if you watch... You can see that some of the actors in the Wookiee heads uh, can't see where they're going. And so there's lots of looking down at their feet to make sure that their long ass robes are not going to trip them. But you can also see that they did not put full on Wookiee kits on. It's just like people's bodies with these giant heads uh, under these velveteen robes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is all time. All time stuff. All right. Um... I want to discuss some of these points a little further, but I have to pee first because <laughs> otherwise I don't have the energy. Maybe it's time for a beer. Maybe I'll have that beer. You know what? That's a great idea. All right, let's discuss. But before we start, let's get a little quote from producer Gary Kurtz. It did start out to be a lot better with a different script. We had half a dozen meetings with the TV company that was making it. In the end, because of work on promoting Star Wars and working on the next film, we realized we had no time. So we just left it to them and just had the occasional meetings with them, provided them with the access to the props and the actors, and that was it. (laughs) So in summary, let me paraphrase. Gary Kurtz said, it wasn't me. (laughs) Yeah. Wasn't me. (laughs) Wasn't me. (laughs) So here's what made it extra hard. Like writing aside, campiness aside, it was 30 frames per second TV style. And so much of what you you expect from Star Wars at that time was a particular visual aesthetic, a type of cinematography, a type of filmmaking that this not only doesn't capture, but instead just sort of substitutes kind of whatever was on TV and sci-fi at the time. Like they, there was no good sci-fi at the time on TV. So it's just like whatever campy bullshit template was there, that's just what they threw on it. And it it's just, oh man, it just doesn't work. Not <laughs> it clearly good. doesn't work. So I will say this about one thing that I I learned. It had a million-dollar budget in 1978, adjusted for inflation, is $4.3 million for two hours of television. So That's not much. But where did all that money go? (laughs) Like, where did it go? Like, I mean, that was a a set. It's not easy when you have to pay a whole family of Wookiees. Ah, The movies only had one Wookiee. This is four whole Wookiees now. I mean, they did have a lot of costumes. All that makeup, 
even though it was bad, they had a lot of it. They brought back all those aliens in the cantina. B. Arthur's a big they, deal at that point. Yeah. True. She probably got a meal okay. on her own. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. One place they didn't spend the money was the establishing shots of Chewie's house. <laughs> those were straight up cartoon drawings. <laughs> wonderful. It was wonderful. Yeah. The animators, the cartoons, yeah. And not, like in the push in, as you know, you've got the establishing shot and it's coming in closer. It's like as if a little kid was holding it on a piece of paper and just kind of like walking it towards the camera. It's all wobbly and shit. <laughs> so bad. Uh, it's unreal. The Dude, the full extended scenes with nothing but Wookiee dialogue and no subtitles. Hmm. What? So that was the immediate mind-blowing thing. It opens with Han and Chewie in the Falcon cockpit for two minutes maybe. And then there's uncut... 10 minutes of Wookiees talking with no subtitles. 10 minutes. This is how it starts. <laughs> 10 Earth minutes. Real minutes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, if you're, if you're a dad at this point and you just, you know, like you just got back from Vietnam and your <laughs> kid was, like, raving about, like, I watched this, this movie called Star Wars. And you're like, well, I don't have time to go to the theater because I don't have time to do that. I'm working to put a roof over your head. And then it shows up like here with Star Wars, my kids wigging out about Star Wars. Let's see what this is all about. And then the first 10 minutes is just these hairy things, a couple Sasquatches screaming at each other. You'd be like, what is wrong with my kid? You either have a PTSD moment or you say, just send me back to Saigon. I don't, can't connect with what's going on in the West right now. The world has changed since I've been gone. Uh, but let me also just say, though, if anyone has a lead on those wooden X-wings that Lumpy is playing with... Mm. I feel like those should be Pretty in Galaxy's sick. Edge. And, uh, mm, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say that might be uh, year two of Disney's latest push to yeah. uh, non-canonize but embrace, merchandise-wise, <laughs> Life Day. Uh, the score, though, although it was mostly just a remix of Williams' A New Hope score, there's some newish stuff in there, the Wookiee stuff, and I think it's kind of good overall. Yeah, I, I agree. was feeling it. It was a decent use of the existing stuff, obviously... Some of it re-recorded. You know, I, I don't know what, what symphony orchestra did it, but it all sounded good. The score was probably the best thing, to be honest, for me. The t- here's the weird stuff. we talking about, I say here's the weird stuff like we haven't already. <laughs> like this whole thing wasn't just so weird. We didn't even say weird stuff. There were literal acrobats on uneven bars earlier in, the, in this program. <laughs> yes, that's, that's what Wookiee kids watch. They flip on the hollow chess table. They watch... Little dancers on the table, and then they watch a life-size dancer. Oh, my God. A ribbon dancer. A guy with a ribbon dancer. You remember those things? The mm-hmm. stick with – it was just a stick with a tassel yeah. – or with a, a ribbon on it. When you say that, I think of old school. Yeah, Frank the Tank yes. applying <laughs> yes. trying out for um, – but but then also, like, the, the character design of them wasn't – there was, like, nothing Star Wars about it. It was just, like, a person with some face paint on in a leotard – and then very much like a like very serious, almost like a Japanese like theater mask. Yeah. Like, it was very like, I was like, ah, okay. You know, like the original Dejar table had these like animals and all that stuff that they kind of like recanonized. Um, this was not that. No, this just like not that. insert, you know, interpretive dance, local theater, pseudo sci-fi fantasy characters. That's good. We'll roll with that. I'm going to go with fever dream. That's going to be my, (laughs) that's how I'm going to describe this. Yeah. Star Wars holiday special fever dream. But Lumpy was pumped on it. He's like, yeah, that stuff's good. (laughs) Kept making that face, you know, that you see in the GIF. I I imagine this is what it's like to get COVID. (laughs) It's a political podcast, so I guess I can't say that. That's what it's like when you get COVID in an opium den in Paraguay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Paraguay. And, and they're juggling. The thing they're that, juggling too. I mean, the juggling was impressive. Yeah. The thing that really throws it off is that is it was all like GoBots to Transformers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's kind of Star Wars, but it's definitely not Star Wars. Like they ordered the whole thing from Wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like the holograms don't have the Star Wars hologram treatment. They're just translucent right. and just there, which makes it in a way look like more sci-fi. None of it has that lived-in Star Wars feel except for the reused footage and the reused costumes. It's like, if you take it literally, very high-quality, high-resolution holograms. Like, it just looks like the person's there, but that's not how it looks in Star Wars. So that stuff really throws off the aesthetic. And there's there's more technology, in a way. Yeah. More advanced technology in some, in some ways. 
but then also lower tech. Like they just did not hit the sweet spot that Star Wars hits at all. And then you have like the main, like when you go to Benihana's, you know, they had like a giant hood vent that just came down in the middle to like take the steam out so you could sit around at your, you know, Mongolian barbecue and just throw your food or sit around the broiler or whatever. I mean, I completely agree, Adam. It was like more tech than Star Wars was, Mm -hmm. and they didn't hide any of it the way that Star Wars would hide tech. They, right, everything was in case they would have, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just. It was just like, that was just a computer. It just looked like a computer. Right. And the English on screen, I know this is pre-Arabesh. Well, there were a couple scenes where they like flashed little numerics that weren't totally English. But yeah, just like Lumpy like checks in on the computer and just straight up says, no starships in area. (laughs) Uh, And you were like, "Uh, I guess that's what it says. Yeah. You didn't know that uh, Shriwook, you speak Shriwook and it sounds... The way it sounds, but if you write it down, it's just English. You don't it's know just that. English. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, that, that's just an, it's just literally how you spell Star hey. so. <laughs> We've never seen anything written down on Kashyyyk, so as far as we know, <laughs> that's just how it is there. Mm-hmm. That's where English exists, but only in written form. Do we talk about the the? Okay, so we you know we're fully immersed in the the idea of okay, we're we're part of the Wookiee family. We're getting a, a day in the life of what it's like to be missing Chewbacca. And then they cut to Luke Skywalker, who looks like a wax mannequin of himself. Yes. Let's talk about the makeup job for a second here. Because that Was person... He, is this post or pre-accident? Because I wonder if that has something to do with it. I have no idea. Because the accident happened after New Hope and before Empire, which we've gone over. Is Patrons are saying it's post-accident. Post, okay. All right. Stacy and uh, Just Fly Casual. <laughs> Thank you. Great name. So that might be a good reason there. Oh, wow. His accident happened before A New Hope was released. Uh, Did not know that. Yeah, but look at his face, guys. Like, it looks like... When <laughs> yeah, he, like, there's makeup all over. He, it's horrible. He looks like... What do you call it? Toddlers and tiaras, like pageant <laughs> makeup. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. they gave him, like, eyeliner, and uh, it's just terrifying. Heavy foundation. And, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like all of it is, like, it's terrifying. And then, like... They, like, kind of made him not look like, you know, Luke kind of had that farm boy appearance in all of A New Hope. And um, they didn't do any of that. They just straight up made him stare into your soul. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the stuff that I think about what keeps me up at night is Luke's face, Luke's wax face <laughs> on a real character. Yeah, if this whole thing was told from Luke's perspective, the title would be Farm Boy Goes to Town for Drag Pageant. Farm Boy Visits Los Angeles. Yeah, it's, um, it's not the best makeup job Mark Hamill's ever had. I'm going to say that right now. But I feel like they did that to everybody. Like, if you look at Carrie and you look at Harrison, like, Harrison's probably the most normalized. I would say Carrie Fisher, like, looks kind of like herself, but it's heavy. And she just, you know, of course, like, hey. Yeah. Rest in princess for sure, but. Well, think about it. Carrie was like, yeah, whatever, do the makeup, even if it's bad. Like, put on my makeup. I'm used to having makeup put on because at the time, I'm a woman. Put the makeup on me. Mark, being a theater person, was like, sure, put on the makeup. (laughs) I'm on board for anything. Harrison was like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> Probably sat through about nine minutes of it and just bailed, you know? Yeah. So let's see what else here. We talked about this a little bit earlier. And Mike, you can confirm based on costumes, right? Yep. The outdoor establishing shots and some of that stuff through the alleys of Mos Eisley, that's B-roll or unused footage from A New Hope, right? It has to be. Yeah, so you have the you have the trooper, the main uh, roadblock captain, as they were referred to, uh, where they come and they they walk in, and he's carrying the T twenty one pulse rifle, which is that big one with the big old barrel on it, right? And he's kind of leading the way. Um, that is from a New Hope, so hundred percent confirmed. That is B footage that they were shooting, um, and then I think what they had done too. What's interesting is they released some of the footage of a new hope this scene that was cut and there's just a humongous dude on stilts yes. walking around yes and then someone like runs through his legs to try to like get out of the stormtroopers walking through it's it's rich <laughs> uh, but yeah that's that's just b footage uh that was not used but so. then there's also a shot where vader is sort of like giving the order to search every household blah 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 right and he's walking down that hallway in the death star where presumably they would have in A New Hope, they had him say something like, you know, prepare my ship, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But he says, he gives a line about search every home. And it's for sure the same dude. Hold on, I'm checking it yeah, right yeah, now. The, the officer the, uh, that's standing with him. Yeah. 
It absolutely is. Oh, the, it's the dude who looks like the guitar player of AFI. <laughs> nice. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah this, is a, this is a music podcast. People should know who that is. <laughs> yeah, with the sideburns. Right. So that's for sure. Like, they didn't still have this Death Star set. No, that was shot overseas, and I assume they shot this all in the CBS lot. Yeah. So no. So, no. like Gary Kurtz said, we gave them some stuff. They did it. Not our fault. Yeah. We, we, we could talk forever about how bizarre this stuff is, but... L- I mean, Lumpy... Oh, 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 real quick. Wookiee Planet C? Yeah. Yeah. Is this a canon thing? Was this somehow turned into canon? I'm, okay, so I'm also going to come at it from a perspective of, like, Fallen Order, if you haven't played it and you feel like, okay, I'm not going to have time to play it, which, granted, I totally understand, but you should watch the kind of, like, walkthrough of all the cinematics if you ever get a chance to do it. Listen, if you can sit through Star Wars, a holiday special, you can sit through watching the cutscenes from Fallen Order because... Kashyyyk is a main planet that you go to that really gets a lot of its kind of lore fleshed out. And when you first arrive on Kashyyyk in the game, there is kind of like a main tree that's regarded as like kind of the centralized life source of this planet. It's the Great Warsher Tree. Um, So at this point, Warsher hasn't really been established yet. So they call it like Wookiee Planet. See right they're kind of just grasping at straws here to be like we need to you know we want to put a name on it or else george is going to get mad at us but but what's really cool about the lore that kind of gets developed around kashik is that there are these humongous entire populations that exist up in these trees and that these trees are kind of like the you're essentially like it's almost like the amazon rainforest for planet earth yeah and so Obviously, there's been a, a little bit of time has passed between Wookiee Planet C and then Kashyyyk as a as a whole. So I don't believe that. I, I know that there are other planets around that system, but as far as I'm concerned, at least in my limited knowledge, uh, Kashyyyk is Kashyyyk. Uh, I don't believe there yeah. are multiple Kashyyyks. I think the Wookiees originated from that one planet, and so I believe that's where they are. Um, well, what if Kashyyyk is just like Earth, just like every other star system that's there are many planets in the system, and it happens to be the third C in mm-hmm. the Kashyyyk system. Is that canon? Um, let's see. I'm going to look. I know what you're saying, but I do not know. It would make sense to retcount that way. I'm going to go to Wikipedia. Um, there is a, it, it is the Kashyyyk system, uh, so maybe there is more to it. Let's see. The Kashyyyk system was a star system in the Martranor sector of the Midrim. It contained the planets Kashyyyk and Trandosha. Mm-hmm. As well as Trandosha's moon Waska, which I believe we would see in. Where did Bosk and the Transdotians do the hunt? Oh, oh that's a good question. Where Ahsoka got hunted? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. So possibly. About, so if if it's on the planet of Trandosha, then uh, who knows? Maybe. Hey, I'm gonna go ahead and my head cannon and just roll that all in together. <laughs> it works. It's the third planet in the system. They called it Planet C because at this time, canonically now, the Wookiees have been all but wiped out, but the Imperials obviously still know about it, and they, they maybe refuse to call it Kashyyyk mm-hmm. because to them, just it's Wookiee Planet C. Yeah. We've nice. got our bases over, you know, on the third planet, whatever. Sure. That'll do for me. A um, couple things real quick. Quick thing about Carrie, going back to makeup. In the makeup that they had Carrie Fisher in and the hair and everything, she's never looked more like Billy Lord to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's something Definitely. about, like, the lighting and the makeup. It's like, damn, Billy could for real play Carrie in something. Yeah. And lastly, the Han and Chewie dynamic is pretty awesome, okay. actually. I'm glad you brought that up because... It's campy, but there's so much love, and well, I like it. It's just great to see whether it's canon or not. Yeah, the there's something there, clearly. So Harrison Ford accidentally put in time during that scene. And made it believable that him and Chewie and the family know each other and love each other. So yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely felt that. And all the weirdness, that scene actually came through. And I was like, oh, this is adorable. I like this. And there was something about like the body language too. Mm-hmm. It was, even though Chewie's like, you know, four times his age and like Han technically should be like his little boy. Mm-hmm. He still, he treats him like a big dog, you know, the way he kind of like physically interacts with him. Yeah. And me being a dog person, that, that I, of course, connected with that. Yeah. So, good stuff. There's also something funny about, like, if we go back and, and watch, like, the story of, like, Solo, and the two of them have kind of been like, yeah, we're loners, and that's why we work together, blah, blah, blah. 
But like the equivalent of it though is like yelling at your friend who's making you do like like, oh dude, come on, I can't go help you sell drugs. I gotta get <laughs> yeah. home for Christmas. Yeah. Like, dude, you know I never miss a Christmas with my family. He's like, Oh, dude, I you know, I'm sorry, I gotta you know, we gotta we gotta push this meth on the south side of the galaxy and you know, we gotta get out of here. It cracks me up, like, at how, like, important this is. And, I, like, Han actually, like, respects it. You know what I mean? He's like, listen, mm-hmm. we're a little tied up right now, but don't worry, buddy. I'm going to get you home in time. That's wonderful. Heartwarming wonderful. as hell, man. It really is wonderful. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this is going to be funny. A certain point of view. Many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Um... <laughs> Thousand generations. It is the dark statement. It's a Kalikori. A Sith Wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. <laughs> Moving on to an actual uh, segment that we have content <laughs> for. Mike, you want to do these? Because you, you know some stuff about the nitty gritty that maybe we don't. You, you've got some insight here. Sure. Um, or the two of you do these things and I'll uh, drink my ginger ale. Zero sugar. <laughs> sure, sure. So... Based on the episode that we, when we talked about Boba Fett and the Marin County Parade, so that was like the first appearance that we saw of Boba Fett. But for a lot of people who were outside of that, because this was part of the promo for Empire Strikes Back, we got to see Boba Fett as this. This was like the origination of, you know, the T visor. And he's Did in you this just like, make up a word. What's that? Origination. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. In my opinionation, the sun is going to surely shine. <laughs> In my opinionation, I have had a couple of alcohols. That's what it takes for this episode. <laughs> That's the only way we could have got through it. But yes, we saw Boba Fett, and knowing when I went to Celebration in 2019, and you hear Dave Filoni and you hear John Favreau talking about how this captured their imagination of this character, like who was this character, we can largely blame those two for being lost in this ridiculous cartoon that we're like totally like slamming right now as, as a whole, uh, we would yeah. not have the Mandalorian mm. if it weren't for this freaking little cartoon that happened in here. It's amazing. And so exactly like you said, Adam, the Amban pulse rifle with the double prong fork at the beginning of it, that's exactly where they pulled that for Din. And so you can see that there's clearly adoration for that style of character and for whatever this developed in, in Star Wars, which cracks me up because we can think that everything in Star Wars is insignificant or it's a background and look at how out of control it can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do know that the idea of Chewbacca's family being on Kashyyyk was sort of a leftover idea. I don't know how like fleshed out it was, but it was a leftover idea that was cut from the story of The Empire Strikes Back. So this was already kind of a, I don't want to say a throw away from Empire Strikes Back, but it was a reused idea or concept, if you want to call it, that George presented. So I don't know how it would have fit into the Empire Strikes Back. I'm not so sure George knew, but the idea of Kashyyyk and Chewie having a family was at some point in the script of the Empire Strikes Back. Well, that's, but then also, you know, I think there was some of that, the Ewok development. Right, right. And the Ewok village, of course, being almost like the, like cheaper George wants to be done with this version for <laughs> yeah. of Kashyyyk was the Ewok village and the Ewoks entirely. So it makes sense. Uh, another interesting point is that <laughs> Stan Winston was the costume designer for a lot of the, or for the literally came up with the costumes. And if you, if what? you're curious as to who Stan Winston was or what Stan Winston studios did, they were, Probably besides Industrial Light and Magic, the most prolific special effects studio of probably 20 years easily. Their stuff, they did all of the T-800 exoskeletons from Terminator, uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, They've done a ton of your favorite 1980s, 1990s films, adventure films, campy films, horror films. They've done all of it. Uh, So they were, Stan Winston was the guy who did all of the extra Wookiees, I assume, for this whole production. I would never have guessed that Stan Winston is to blame for that trout jaw on Chewie's dad. We all got our career started somewhere. Yeah, we all Mm -hmm. got our our stinker of an album that just slid in there between two (laughs) other great ones, you know? Yeah. That's his 
Metallica saying anger mask design. Yeah, that's the snare drum sound. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, the idea, I didn't know this, but the idea of Princess Leia singing at the end of the special was Carrie Fisher's idea. It sounds yeah. like maybe she she might have uh, said that literally as she was on set after a couple of drinks. And said, <laughs> don't make me sing. No. Don't, don't make me sing. She said, is the camera rolling? You know what? Let's just see where it goes. Fine, fine, fine. I'll say it could be more of a like, again, this is within a year, a year and a half of A New Hope coming out. And maybe she's trying to like expand her what she does as an actress. And she's like, I got a good voice. Here we go. I mean, I'll probably watch it again tonight and shed a tear. Now that I've taken it all in once, I'll probably actually uh, I'll enjoy it on some level. I mean, there is something there if you want to go in that in that direction. We have. I mean, not that it's new footage, but it is footage of Luke, Han, and Leia. Yeah, from that time capsule, like that time. It's it's kind of kind of special. It is wonderful in that own right. Um, not too special though. Uh, <laughs> it was originally uh, supposed to be, according to I believe this note, Nick. You added this note in here. Yeah, yeah. It was originally a one-hour special, and because Star Wars was such a massive, massive, never-before-seen hit. A lot of advertisers wanted in and money talks, so they made it two hours. And that's why there's full-on acrobatic scenes for five minutes and and Wookiees speaking to each other without subtitles for ten minutes. <laughs> it's all to just get that advertisement money. And that's the stuff that people want to see for sure. <laughs> speaking of ten minutes of Wookiee speak, to wrap it all up, give us the full names of Chewie's family here. Nick, which... <laughs> Which one do you want to try to say? I would <laughs> love to do the third one. So if you want to go for the first two. All right. So, I mean, they kind of sound like uh, the second one definitely sounds like a hockey player's name. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yes. Sure. Is it largely because you're thinking Keith Kachuk? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, nice, dude. Nice. There we go. <laughs> Fellow hockey players. So Mala's full name, not unlike the way that we refer to Chewbacca as Chewy. Mala's full name, according to the internet, is Mulatto Buck. Mm. And so Mulatto Buck's hyphen name, nickname is Mala, which makes sense. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And Itchy's <laughs> full name is... Itchy. Atichichuk, Atichik. I would say ad, because it's itchy, right? So it's ad, ad, itchy tuck. Ad, itchy chuck. Atichichuk. Ad, <laughs> chuck. And then... If this is not a, a, a precursor to Jar Jar Binks and the way George Lucas <laughs> thinks that that kids need to be pandered to, Lumpy is short for Lumpa Warump or Lumpa Waru. So either one, yeah. In your best okay. Ahmed best impression, <laughs> how would you say Lumpa Woo? Yeah. <laughs> what is a Jar Jar Binks impression of that? He's like, well, it's uh, a kid. It's got to have a kid's name, right? Because he's never going to grow up. Because he's always going to be a kid, and this is for kids, right? Yeah. So they just landed on Lumpy. <laughs> there we go. Just call him Lumpy. Yeah. Just call him Lumpy, dude. Yeah. Whatever. We didn't have time for this shit. His name's Lumpy. <laughs> yeah, whichever one you like. Just call him Lumpy on the show. All right. Let's do this really quickly. We'll each pick one thing. I love you. I know. Favorite scene, favorite quote, favorite weird thing, favorite object, favorite name, whatever. <laughs> Nick, you go first. Um, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, really, on like, I'm gonna the thing I enjoyed the most where I it really did unlock something was what I just said Han showing affection for Chewie and his family. I thought that was really a even more so than the introduction of Boba Fett because I don't feel like the introduction of Boba Fett, if you take all of the Boba Fett content that we have, this animated portion of it is like an outlier that's like not really boba fett so i think han showing affection towards Chewie and his family without any backstory really is just kind of cool and cute and i liked it mike how about you um side note does it look like they remade the falcon's cockpit to be way smaller mm-hmm yeah. Like it is, right? Me. Like there's only, there's only. They probably just reused it, but yeah, it does look smaller for some reason. Is it the camera? Like, it's probably camera angle or something like that, maybe. It it could yeah. be, but also I think there's only two seats in it and the Falcon mm -hmm. full size yeah. has four seats in it. Maybe mm -hmm. they had some scraps left over from the set, but not everything. And they're like, yeah, just throw it together. Good, good, good enough. I would say the thing that I 
I like most about it, like, it really is cool seeing the granted, almost like horribly thrown together, all of the characters of the cantina shown in a different light, I think is really cool because you do have a lot of, you know, I mean, like the very beginning at with the modal nodes playing and then you've got like mm-hmm. Ponda Baba up front just straight up like going for it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even try to like change the costumes at all. It was like, like I said, that was just straight up the same characters because they probably were like, I'm not going to remake a snow speeder jacket for this guy. Like, let's just put it in there. No one will notice. Well, you know, yeah. we did. And I actually salute you for that. Thank you for that. So I would say seeing the cantina scum and villainy was actually quite nice. I'm going to answer this question not with a genuine answer. <laughs> well, this is genuine in terms of like how much enjoyment I got from laughing at this. I'm going to say the fact that this dude, this local friend, gift shop owner, shows up to Chewie's house and gives Chewie's dad a VR porn headset <laughs> is like the weirdest crap I've ever seen in my life in Star Wars. And that's the one thing that stuck with me more than anything. It's like the <laughs> on the cover of The Little Mermaid. Yeah. That's in there on purpose. Yep. Weird old perverts that were just pre-internet, pre-hive mind. <laughs> we're just like, I'm going to sneak in as much stuff as I can. Yeah. I'm going to sneak in Check as many penises as I can into this stuff. But like the, there were people, I think we laughed about this in the chat. Like there were multiple people that watched this and nobody stopped each other. Nope. Like someone was watching it and they were like, hey, John, <laughs> does this look sexual? <laughs> John came over and watched it and was like, yeah. They were like, should we change anything? They were like, let it go. Now nah, the kids won't know what that means. Let it go. It was like beef and butt. I was like, huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Huh. <laughs> well, I think we should end now. <laughs> yeah. Let's wrap it up. Who wants to do the quote of the week? I'll do it. I, I like it. I, you know, Ryan's not here, so we probably shouldn't have the quote of the week. But I think that maybe this is my favorite moment. Just out of nowhere, Princess Leia drops some real sweet knowledge about Life Day. And uh, it's something that I, uh, I definitely appreciate the sentiment of. So Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, I want to say she, this is before she breaks into song. So she prefaces her uh, Life Day song by saying, this holiday is yours, where we all share with you the hope that this day brings us closer to freedom and to harmony and to peace. No matter how different we appear, we're all the same in our struggle against the powers of evil and darkness. I hope that this day will be a day of joy in which we can reconfirm our dedication and our courage and more than anything else, our love for one another. This is the promise of the tree of life. That's actually beautiful. Yeah, right? That's great. So with that said, we feel like everyone should live every day like it's life day. Mm, you know? Yes, yes. It's like Shark Week, but a day <laughs> yeah. of life. All right. Everybody, thanks for hanging out. Patrons, you're dope. If you want to be a patron and hang out, these folks are right now watching us just stumble through this and take pee breaks and get cocktails and do all the stuff. They're helping us with facts, too. They're looking yeah. stuff up. They're chiming in. They're part of the process. It's like they're hosts. They're producers. Patreon.com slash ThankTheMakerPod is where you can go to do that. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, if you don't already, you can follow us on Instagram at ThankTheMakerPod, on Twitter at ThankTheMaker. My stuff is all at AdamTheSkull on everything. On Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Nick Bayside, and I hope that you have already found me there. And if you have not already found me there, please follow me there. I am bored many hours a day and trying to chat with people, so... Hit me up there, and episode number 26 of the Radio Radio Show, which is all Christmas music, is out right now. Normally, I'm the host of Armor Party, a podcast about costuming and costumers of Star Wars, proudly part of the Thank the Maker Network. But today, I am here representing my side business, which is Hondo Supply. And we have a really, really, really cool thing dropping. This is now Thursday you're listening to this, or Friday. The following Monday from when this episode premieres, we are doing a ornament auction that will benefit Magic Wheelchair, which is a really, really, really cool organization of fabricators and designers and costume makers. They dress up kids with mobility assistance. They dress up their wheelchairs 
in the sickest things, like literally turned a whole kid's wheelchair into like a TIE fighter and dressed him up as a TIE pilot. It's just like, it's a really amazing organization for conventions and that makes the kids feel like they're part of everything that should be having fun at conventions. And so I commissioned 10 artists that I've talked with through Armor Party and they came up with five different styles. Two of them each got one and they're painting them up completely unique to however they're going to do it. And we're going to auction those off and all of that money is going to go to Magic Wheelchair. So follow Honda Supply on Instagram. That's where we're going to do the auction and that's going to be on Monday. It's a 24-hour auction. Please do come check it out because the ornaments are amazing and you are helping support a fantastic cause. So Honda Supply on Instagram, you'll hear from us. Also, Thank the Maker merch, you can find at thankthemakermerch.com. Easy enough to remember. Patrons, thank you again for being here. Dudes, good hanging with you. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are we not transitioning from Life Day into the next time you will hear Thank the Maker will be... Oh, you're damn right. For Book of Boba Fett. New Star Wars. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's happening. That's going to be amazing. And the only footage that we have seen in Book of Boba Fett has only been roughly the first half of the first episode. Unreal. Yeah, I love that. And hasn't there been... Didn't Robert Rodriguez say there's a surprise every episode? Possibly. I'm pretty sure I read that. I believe he did say that, Nick. You know what that means, right? It means there's a surprise in every episode. Lumpy's going to be in this shit. I know it. The return of Lumpy. Is the... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to hear us cover the return of Lumpy. <laughs> the book of Lumpy. <laughs> join us next week. We're going to be doing pretty much immediate reactions because we're going to watch the new episodes on Wednesday mornings. We're going to record on Wednesday afternoons. I'm editing on Wednesday evenings and we're dropping on Thursday as we always have. Let's go. Dudes, thanks for hanging. And until next week, may the force be with you.